0: Welcome to Fortune Favors the Fans, the Fans First Sports Network College Football Betting Podcast. As always, I am am your host, Macon, and I'm joined with my co-host, Chris. We're back to talk about the picks you need to make a little bit of money on the side with college football betting. Now, last week, Chris and I had pretty different results in the pickup contest. We'll get to that here in a minute, um, as well as an update on where that contest stands we're going to first start by talking about some of the bets that got away from us last week, some of the odder outcomes. Then we're going to move into our off-the-radar games. Then, as always, prop bets and closing out with the pick contest. But let's start out with how last week went. Chris, how'd you do? What were some of the bets that you, you liked that hit? What were some of the ones that got away from you?
1: I actually did pretty good uh, against the spread. I only had a one bad one, which I took Cal to cover uh, minus 12 and a half against you, uh, ASU. But I don't know. ASU had like the week of their life and decided to play well finally for once. I I, I don't know. I, they're they're a weird team to figure out. They, it feels like they get whooped by one week and then the next week they play competitive against like pretty good teams in the Pac-12. So I, I, I think I'm just going to hold off on betting against them. Um, and then i just did terrible on over unders i mean i had washington versus arizona over 67 and a half they did they only had 56 points total boise state versus memphis under 59 and a half and they went well over 67 i don't know man i'm just not I, i'm not hitting over unders in general this this season very well i i i don't know what's going on
0: well, I, I speaking of over unders, I had one really get away from me this past week. This was one that I'm I, I continue to be shocked that it went the way it did, and that was the USF Navy game. Um, I I think the over under was set to like 40.5, I believe, is what it was at. This was a 74 point football game, one of the highest scoring games. I it has to be Jesus. one of the highest scoring days games Navy has been a part of in quite a while, but you know. 44 to 30 was the final score there. So that one was pretty pretty out there, uh, really caught me off guard. The next one is the Duke game. I had Duke over Notre Dame at plus six. That game ends on the two-point conversion going over uh, that spread. So that was, that was a tough one. Really fun game to watch. It was really disappointing yeah. to see that Duke quarterback go down like that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the status of him, but that was a pretty gnarly in- injury, um, all things considered. And then my last one that I wanted to bring up was I had Kansas over Texas. Daniels doesn't play in this game. I don't know if he's even suited up for it. I don't know how I missed that. That news had to have broken pretty close to the kickoff time. um, Or I just didn't see it. But anyways, KU without him was just helpless offensively. Could not stay in that game for long with Texas. Really wish I had seen that was there. Um, I think KU... KU pushed Texas for quite a while to spark that. Texas continues to have a lot of issues in the first half in particular and is leaning on their defense to wear teams out. So I would have loved to see what the Jayhawks could have done at full strength yeah. um, against the Horns because they they really did play them tight until about the second half. I think the yeah. late third quarter, Texas just ran away with it. And I think if Kansas had had their starting quarterback, that could have been a much different outcome. So those are the ones I kind of was like, well, and this was easily the worst week I've ever had in betting. I think I only <laughs> hit one out of like 13 or 14 picks yeah, um, in total that I made. So it was just an awful week. Uh, some of the friends I do this, I bet with, uh, we kind of compete against each other on the side, uh, all had pretty awful weeks, just a tough week for, for me. Um, uh, all righty. This next section. These are off the radar football games. These are the games that maybe you don't have the biggest rooting interest in. Maybe they're not drawing that much attention, but they give you good value. There's something you should be watching for, or we're just trying to get you, uh, get you an extra game to look at when you're not watching the primetime games. You know, there's there's plenty of C game content that gets missed every year by betters who can now get involved and have a rooting interest. So, Chris, what was your first of these kind of off the radar games? so i
1: iowa versus purdue iowa is a two-point favorite that is absolutely outrageous to me purdue fucking sucks i don't know why this is only two points i think this is just a, just an old-fashioned overreaction to penn state uh ass whooping that gate they gave to uh to iowa a couple weeks ago um i i don't understand it i i i think iowa is a much better football team than purdue and you know we've kind of shit on Iowa a little bit over the the few weeks on this podcast and th- you know their offense is very boring and they ha- don't score a lot of points so uh, you know everything we said uh, rightfully so but going up against a, a a Purdue team that is I think significantly worse I I I, I think this is easy money uh, uh take Iowa to cover two points uh I mean no problem someone has to win the big 10 west that's that's the reality that we have to uh, except in, in, in this situation, it's either going to be Iowa or Wisconsin or uh, that's pretty much it. So Iowa's was going to beat up on these other weak Big Ten West teams. And, and um, so, yeah, uh, that's I'm, I'm taking Iowa to two point favorite easily.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick. Look like it is an overreaction to what happened last week. Um, you know, it, it Iowa is just a lot better than Purdue on on face value. The Michigan state game and the Penn state games, I think are kind of coloring in people's perception of Iowa, but Purdue is legitimately awful guys. You haven't been following their season. Last week was the first time the entire year. They've looked remotely competent and there's, there's a lot of a reaction going on here, but the odds are good. Iowa wins this game and wins it fairly comfortably. Um, So I, I, I think that's a great one. My first one here, I love to take the military academies. I've been doing that all season. It's a lot of fun we got army boston college army is a three-point favorite in this football game i anytime i see a team where i'm like i think they're gonna win the game outright like i i just believe they will win this game outright uh and you only got three lump points i'm taking them uh army is coming off of its bye week which helps they've looked Mixed bag. It was a tough loss to Syracuse. They lost to UL Monroe early. Did beat UTSA. I believe UTSA that was missing its starting quarterback in that game. Boston College, for its part, is largely just not good at all. Uh, only two wins in the year over Holy Cross and UVA. They've been stomped in every, in every major contest they played in and lost to Northern Illinois in the first game. They're that bad. Army's a pretty good football team. It's three points. I like the Military Academy being able to close that one out.
1: Nice, nice. Oh. Even though they screwed you last week, you're going to go with them again, huh?
0: I, I like to ride them. I like to bet on the military academies. Yeah. I, I have found that generally Vegas is a good feel for how they're going to perform. And you can kind of just ride the wave with them. Yeah. As long as you don't, they don't unexpectedly get into a barn burner, which happens very occasionally for the academies. They'll get these random massive, you know, 40 point games, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you don't get into any of those, I think generally you can trust the spreads for any time. They're a favorite or an underdog. It, just tends to be the right amount um and i think i i just think boston college sucks ass and I yeah think that yeah plays into this I, point I agree out. with you on that one that that, that that yeah
1: um okay so my next one um i try to do a conference that i haven't done this season yet um so i did texas state versus louisiana university of louisiana i so i did some research and i looked at like kind of compared po- opponents between the two and like texas state has just more has just more convincing wins over Bigger, uh, uh, p- uh bigger Division One, um, uh, programs that you know they have. Obviously, the win against Baylor Week One that we talked about in Week One, winning against Nevada, winning against Southern Miss, and they're like pretty convincing wins. Um, Louisiana hasn't really beat anybody. Um, so I think that Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, are only favored because it's a home game. But I kind of like Texas State in this game. I you, you would know more. I was curious to what your opinion on that would be.
0: It's it's. <laughs> So look, I I think I watched the most I've watched at Texas state this year was that Baylor game. Mm -hmm. Um, I I caught parts of it. So I can't, I can't necessarily speak too much about their play per se in a vacuum, but I can say where I have a feel for where Baylor is, which I think informs a lot on where Texas state is. And Baylor's pretty bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. Baylor had a hell of a comeback against UCF, but you know, Two and a half point underdog to uh, ULL. It, it, that that's a line that could easily go either way. Uh, I th- I think any pick in that game's a tough one to make. But I gotta say, T- Texas State is having one of their better seasons in I don't know how many years. I mean, they've just historically been so bad, and this year I wouldn't say they're you know world beaters, but they're certainly very competent, which has not yeah. been the case pretty much in their history. I, I like Texas State pretty much going forward, and I'm going to continue to like them for most of their games. I I don't know anything about the Raging Cajuns. Um, I just don't. uh, I I have no feel for that team, but I I do think Texas State is a pretty good little football team, Mm -hmm. and I would always tend to believe that they can cover Especially against like-minded teams right now, I just they don't. I don't see anyone on their schedule looking at it. We're like, well, they're just clearly going to be worse than that team. Could be a fantastic year for the Bobcats. I mean, the, you ever been to San Marcos? It's a beautiful campus, right on the river. But they don't give a shit about their athletic program <laughs> out there, pretty much at all as a student body. So maybe they'll get excited and get interested. Um, it's in, It's on the road. I've been, I've been out to Lafayette it's not a great venue. I don't know. I don't have a feel for it. I wish I understood better about ULL, but I like Texas State. I do like Texas State. I'm rooting for them to have a great year. It's been too long. I mean, I don't know if that program's ever been good since they made the jump to this level. Yeah. I mean, Tech used to play them very regularly and just beat the absolute fucking breaks off of them over and over, <laughs> and, over and over again. And what was always funny about that is Texas State would sell rivalry T-shirts every year. And the games were never competitive. I mean, they just Yeah, what never was the rivalry?
1: Like, like, They're just trying to make one up to hope the... Like Texas Tech fans will start coming to the away games or something. Like that. Like, I that's think so I weird. think
0: they hoped that in one of those. I mean, I don't know how many times they played them. I think they hope one of the years they did it, they'd get a competitive game or an upset, and it would kind of spark something for them. That mm-hmm. is a program starving for some positive news. I like I said, I don't know a tremendous amount about their way back pass, but at least at the FBS level, I think this is the best season ever. And we're only a couple of games into it. And I can feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah. So, you know, like th- this is a program that was desperate for something. But Tech would beat the absolute pants off of them. But I, I, I know some guys, some guys um, a little bit younger than me, my high school actually went to play there. So I was kind of rooting for Texas state. I think that's the little program that could, and it- it's just better for college football when teams like UTSA, Texas state, mm-hmm. UTEP, and some of these guys get up off the fucking mat and look like they could- they have a pulse.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Alright, what's your next one?
0: Uh this one I don't like this pick, but I'm picking it because I think this is a big game that is not <laughs> part of our uh not part of our our biggest games because it was not the biggest game in its conference. But I also hate AM. This is Alabama, Texas A&M. It's on the road at Kyle mm. Field. Understandably the spread is pretty thin with that in mind. AM for its part, since its defeat at Miami, has looked pretty good. Uh, Miami, of course, has looked better than I think advertised, which has helped a lot of that. They're coming off of a comfortable win over Arkansas, comfortable win over Alabama, or excuse me, uh, Auburn. Alabama, of course, is coming off of kind of two exorcism moments. They beat the absolute shit out of Mississippi State and just hammered Ole Miss in similar regards. Just a comfortable start to finish win it's tough to say for certain the lines minus one, I'm taking the tide. I think Nick Saban's pissed. I think the team's playing pissed. I think they found a little bit of an identity offensively. I'm not saying this is they're they're going to just dominate this game, but one point and I'm taking basically outright. I think the tide win this game. So, you know, I don't love the pick, but I really don't like a and I think that Nick Saban's looking to send a message this year when he can, and this is an opportunity to do it.
1: Yeah, I, I looked at this game. I just can't get a feel for either of these teams. So, like, my initial reaction is to stay away. And I think the line moved. I think it was two and a half um, when I looked at it uh, a couple days ago. And now that it's at one, I, it's it's more enticing. It might be worth just take a flyer on it as a single bet or just throw it in with a parlay you don't feel comfortable with but like or tease it or you could tease it I mean I I don't know but I I just don't have a feel for these teams so I don't and every week it's like they just do something different to to change my mind about them so like I just don't I don't know it's it's weird this is a weird one
0: I I I don't really like betting on Bama and I don't really like betting on these kind of SEC games in general but I was looking across the board for interesting kind of games that might get a little sidelined because am's not ranked because Bama's is not who they were with just a firm stranglehold on the west uh, this game is slipping under the radar just a little bit and I think p- I people are gonna watch it but I think it's one that like you can get great value here I understand people who might go money line on Am on this one um, but the money lines plus 100 so it's like yeah it, I, I, it's a point it's one I think it's moved to one and a half now um, it's look, the it's the 1230.
1: 1230- um Midday, like twelve thirty West Coast time. Slate. It's that midday slate. There's not a lot of games at that time except for Washington State, UCLA. So I mean, like, if you're you're gonna probably want to watch this game anyway, so you might as well bet on it.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's not my favorite pick, but it is a game that I think will be watched, and this gives you the best value is to just to take the team you think is going to win out right here, and yeah. I think the Tide are going to win this one outright. Yeah. What's your uh? what's your next one? Oh, my last one,
1: um, Colorado state versus Utah state, um, Utah. I like Utah, um, at plus two on this one. Um, Colorado state's only getting two points. Colorado state's not a very good, good team They're They, they, uh, they're only getting two points because of the, because betters are betting on him ever since the Colorado game. That's really all that that's, that's going on. Um, I you know Utah. This is a home game for Utah State. Utah State plays pretty good in the, at home. Um, I think they're both. I think Utah State's the middle of the Mountain West program, so they're a little bit better than than Colorado State. Um, they've got some good wins on their schedule. I yeah. I just uh, uh, to me, it's absurd that Utah State can be home in this game and be an underdog. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And again, it's it's probably because people are going to Vegas and are betting the shit out of Colorado State ever since that that um that Colorado game and they think that they're better than they actually are but they're not.
0: Yeah, I I I would like to say that Colorado State's hype is largely because of what happened against Colorado pretty much exclusively. Yeah. This is an example of just people don't like you said, you know, like people don't have you can't watch all of the college football going on and no offense to Colorado State but nobody's fucking watching them outside of that Colorado game. They put on a great show in that game. Colorado look i have seen bad defensive schemes colorado employed one of the worst all-time defensive schemes i've ever seen yeah which just basically gave up the entirety of the underneath and said we'll give up 10 yards a, a slant or a crossing route uh, anything within six yards of the line of scrimmage you can just take it and we'll leave it i i don't understand that utah state's playing good football i like that pick a lot um it could be a pretty exciting game too. So like one of the things about these under the radar picks is it should be something you want to go watch. Now this could be a pretty fun one. Neither of these teams is like world beating good, but both playing pretty good football, both pretty, um, even the only unfortunate part is this is buried on the mountain West network. I Mm -hmm. think they broadcast a live stream of their games for free. I don't know that for certain, but if you're betting on that, um, you may not be able to watch it. I don't know how that works. It's the only thing about that game, for those of you out there who want to hop on it, if you're somebody who's doing this to make money, I think there's a lot of money to be made on Utah State. If you're somebody who wants to just watch a game, that's not one you're going to be super available to watch. So... Yeah, aware it's, un- of that.
1: it's unfortunate because the baseball playoffs are on Saturday, so that limits some of these games. And like normally, this would be like an FS1 game, probably or an FS2 game. But yeah, unfortunately, we're not—you're not gonna be able to watch it probably unless like the Boise State San Jose State games on snoozer. Maybe they'll switch it over. But yeah, it's it's weird. What's your last one?
0: Yeah. My last one here, and I'm, I'm doing this because this game is always just a fun one to bet on. This is Tech Baylor, otherwise known as B-U-T-T, the Butt Bowl. Um, this game <laughs> has gone in any number of different directions over the year. Last year, it felt like Tech was coming in with a lot of momentum and just got <clears throat> really crushed at home. It, what, what is insane about that game is Tech played quite frankly piss poor the entire game looked helpless and unprepared it was a one score game going to the fourth quarter and then the wheels just completely came off tech couldn't throw the ball without turning it over it was just like a really bizarre it was the halloween weekend late night game it was a really bizarre one where for some reason tech was in that game late despite having absolutely no business i mean baylor ran toss sweep about five hundred times, and it looked like Tech had no concept of how to defend the edge. It was just an odd one this year. The spread is why I'm doing this pick. Tech is a one-point favorite on the road in Raco. Look, I, Tech has played down to a lot of its competition. Baylor's a bad football team and I think Aranda's in a bit of trouble and I think he he might have had if the if UCF hadn't have been themselves and just completely fallen apart there would have been a case for Baylor to start shopping around for other head coaches right then Mm -hmm. I I, maybe Tech has found a bit of an offensive identity running the ball behind Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez both of which who had great games (laughs) against U of H um baron morton was not healthy against the cougars his shoulder was bothering him allegedly this week it's it's much better he's getting a lot more practice reps so we'll see a lot more about what he can do it's a one point spread it's going to be a pretty crazy game but i think tech is just better than baylor which isn't saying much because baylor's really bad i don't i don't think this is a statement of belief on tech can turn a season around as much as it is just uh I think Baylor would get pushed pretty hard by Houston and tech after halftime, just blank the Cougars. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how this one goes, but I've got a couple of picks on this game just because it, it's butt bowl weekend. You got to bet. You got to put a little money on the butt bowl. So I took tech outright, <laughs> um, at minus one. So, you know, is it the best pick in the world? Is it a Homer pick? Probably a little column a column B, but I, it's a fun bowl game, uh, bowl game atmosphere. A lot of the times, uh, because a lot of fans from both teams can be there it's playing this year it's it, it went to um it went to Jerry world for a while but now it's on campus again this is the first time I think it's been to Waco in the last couple of years Years one or one of two times has been Waco in the last several years. Uh, the last time they were in Waco, Tech actually lost on a fumble that got overturned when the center dropped the ball on a snap, and they called I don't remember what, but something that took it away. Um, and th- that th- th- this year, I just I just feel like there will be a lot of red and black in the stands. Baylor's not playing that well. It's going to be a bull game atmosphere. It'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. I wish I was going to this game. I was trying to, but wasn't able to make it work. All righty, we're gonna move on to our prop bets this week. The prop bets, for those of you who don't know, include over-unders. The reason being is college prop bets are extremely difficult to place, and there aren't always as many of them available. In fact, I think I've only hit two true prop bets the entire season. So over-unders may be much safer for you guys to look at this week. We got another set of over-unders and prop bets for you guys. Where we get these is DraftKings. They don't offer every prop bet for every team, but there are a lot of them they do offer for every team. So if you're wanting to get into that, maybe you're wanting to juice up a a deep parlay where you're putting a dollar down and hoping to win millions, you can go find them there. Chris, what's your first out of this group?
1: I had trouble finding prop bets again uh at least ones that i liked and then uh i'm just so bad with over unders, so i only have two this week because i can only find two that i am confident in, in telling our listeners just because i my record has been so bad on them um fresno state versus wyoming the over under is 44 that is absurdly low for this game both of these teams have high flying offense they've been putting up a lot of points all season long wyoming's Uh, uh, put up 30 points in every single team they played so far fresno's averaging 35 points per game there's no way that this is going to be a low scoring game um i think this is going to be the game of the season um in the mountain west i think these are the two best mountain west teams um you will potentially see this game rematch in the mountain west conference um conference championship um this is going to be a great game uh highly recommend watching it to your listeners to, to our listeners even if you're not um uh even if you're not uh betting on the game but um over under 44 that's just ridiculous i hammer the over all all day
0: yeah wyoming you know obviously very familiar with wyoming plays a particular style of of football that is designed to slow the game down to a crawl despite that in no contest they played have they been have has the over under drifted below (laughs) um 40 and that's that's including Texas, where they were obviously they just ran out of gas. App State last week was or a couple of weeks. ago was 41 and they're coming off of a 51 point total against New Mexico. Fresno State, for its part, very, very good offensively, um, comparatively to Wyoming. This is two tough teams. I, I think that, that that's a pretty smart pick. And, you know, the only way I can get off the rails, if Wyoming plays the the kind of football they want to play start to finish, this game will not be high scoring. But I don't imagine that they're able to do it. I think Fresno alone is capable of hitting 30. And then you just need some help from Wyoming. And considering this will likely be a a very tight contest, it feels safe to say that they're going to get over that. It was a low over under. Kind of surprising with Fresno involved. Um, You know, yeah. Uh, Of course, Fresno State having a great year, wins over Purdue and Arizona State, beat the shit out of pretty much everybody else, but weirdly Eastern Washington. Just, a, just an odd one, an odd overtime one. Don't know what that was about. Overlooked them in between the middle of Purdue and Arizona State, I guess. But it, uh, that's a great pick. Um, my first prop bet here, and I uh, this week I took all true prop bets. I you, Last week I was nice. a lot more over-under. This week I'm uh, more true prop bets. We got the Red River rivalry coming up. That's going to be one of the big games we talk about in that segment. Dylan Gabriel is perhaps not the greatest quarterback in the world, but his passing totals in this game is one and a half. Texas, very, very good defensively, but I'm saying he gets at least two. It's a rivalry game. Mm. These games have gone historically very high scoring. Yeah, I mean, shit, Texas single-handedly did it themselves last year. So I think unless OU gets blanked, this is likely another shootout, and you know i i think that dylan gabriel is going to be tasked with throwing the ball over the yard we'll see if he can do it um i have misgivings about him as a quarterback but one and a half seems weirdly low and weirdly specific for a rivalry game between two offenses that are trying to both find a little bit more consistency especially in the first half
1: yeah that's a good call this is gonna probably be a shootout i feel like these always i feel like the rivalry, rivalry game always is though i i don't know why but that's just like the the impression i have on this game i I'm, i can't think of any in particular like years where the match has been that but i don't know it just it just feels like that it just feels like it is
0: it's it's an interesting game because these two teams have historically not been very well paired OU has been better than yeah. texas the last 10 to 15 years but the games have largely been hotly contested and close um, despite OU's dominance of the conference now it looks like maybe Texas is a heavy favorite in this game they should be I've I've watched OU play Texas should be Um, not that I think Texas has yet been truly put on enough to make me think they're a top-five football team. Texas is probably a good deal better than OU. But it's a rivalry game. And these games are historically insane. Last year was one of the more one-sided outcomes, being a, an unexpected just blowout mm-hmm. by the Horns. So it's a wild one. We're going to bet on it down the line, but I actually recommend people don't bet on this game, largely. It, it is a tough game to predict what the fuck's going to happen. Because yeah. there are rivalries in college football where they hate each other. Texas and OU spend all year getting ready for this game. Until they play this game, pretty much everything else is just game prep. This means everything to both fan bases. This is one of the more intense rivalries in football, and it is one between two of the proudest programs in football. You get dumb outcomes in this game. What do you got for your next one, Chris? All right, so my
1: next one and last one is um, uh, the over-under for Michigan versus uh, uh, Minnesota is 46. I... I think that Michigan is the best team, football team in the country. Um, I think Georgia proved last week that they weren't. Um, they've got some issues at quarterback that's just not consistency. It's not consistent with what they've been seeing with Stinson Bennett in the past, and he's not reliable, especially in big moments. Um, and Michigan feels like every every aspect of the game of football, they are not only playing well, but they're like dominating. Um, they've had some closer games, but I think – you know, the scoreboard is a little bit of a deceiving. Um, it's, it's a little deceiving if you watch those games, they dominated for two and a half quarters and then they just kind of took the gas up a little bit. Um, I think they can hit 46 by themselves, to be honest with you. I mean, this is, uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, they, they put up 45 against Nebraska or, uh, Against Nebraska and I, I I don't know yeah I just forty six seems low for a Michigan game in general so yeah
0: anytime you see a spread like that they're counting on either one Minnesota really showing up which to be honest not a lot of reason to believe that's going to happen and number two they're assuming Michigan's trying not to run away with it yeah. but there is some Big Ten bias working against the that over under and that but Michigan has been good offensively not great but good offensively pretty much week in week out so presuming minnesota's not just going to get shut out in this game it seems low it seems low and i like that pick a lot i've got two here um i'm going back to the butt bowl this is one that i i i pick because it's what the fan base desperately wants it would also set a a it would break a very long streak of, I think, about 10 years that this has been. Uh, Taj Brooks, over 109 and a half rushing yards against Baylor. First things first, Tech for Tech to win this game, he has to run for over 100 yards. He <laughs> will get the touches to do it. Um, he's on a three game streak of doing it. He's been, I think it was 130, 140, and then uh, only 100 this last week. But that was just because he was a very patient runner, and Cameron Valdez, who spelled him RB2, had a few big runs that really made. Made it less important brooks was consistently at five yards a carry um he's he is an nfl caliber back it's there are no i have yet to see anyone in the nation who can really stop him uh he falls forward for four or five yards when there is quite literally nowhere to fucking go tech needs him to be over 100 yards in this game i think he breaks 150 in this game i think tech has to ride him against baylor and i think that's the that'll be the plan of attack is to come right at the bears and wear them out um, and try not to do what UCF did which is just fade late so I, I like Taj Brooks a lot in this game to get over a hundred pretty easily I think he ends a long streak of having it there is an even longer streak since DeAndre Washington left Tech which was I believe 2015 2014 uh, Texas Tech has not had a runner break a thousand yards in fact far more often than not they've been under like 600 total for any running back in fact there was a year their leading rusher was the quarterback with 330 so he he's up against a lot of history that he's trying to make and I like him to do it I, I Said it. Preseason, he's a thousand yard back. I think he continues on his pace. My last one here, and I just think this one is a testament to how bad I think Oklahoma State is. um Oklahoma State has Kansas State. The spread in this game is 11, by the way. Oklahoma State's helpless. I mean, just Gundy's completely out of his depth. The offense is going nowhere. Bowman can't lock down the job. He looks putrid, and ha- injuries have completely derailed his career, which is a shame because he was very, very talented at Tech before he got hurt, same lung twice, Um, but largest lead of this game is 18.5 for KSU. I'm taking the over on that. I think they win this game by 30. I think they just blow Oklahoma State straight out of the ballpark, and until Oklahoma State shows any semblance of a pulse against uh, any competition at all, that's what I'm going to assume from here on out. They're just going to get railed by everybody, so give me Kansas State walking away with this one big.
1: Gundy, just in general this season, it looks like he's losing his mind on the sidelines. Like, I, I, uh, is this the worst team that he's had in what the last 10 years? Would you say?
0: Oh, it's the worst team he's ever had at Oklahoma ever State. Ever had, you think? A doubt. Yeah. You have to remember with Oklahoma State historically, that program's dog shit. Yeah. I mean, just dog shit. For the record, Oklahoma Oklahoma State is one of the most heated rivalries in all of sports. It's not a joke. Bedlam is insane. Oklahoma State has only won, like, 5% of the games played all time. So, like, to give you an idea uh, uh, of how one-sided and how bad Oklahoma State's been historically, Dundee um, has something like 35% of all the wins in that series for Oklahoma State. <laughs> the The reality is is that uh, uh, the current all-time series is 80 or, excuse me, 91 to 19. That's how one sided the most that rivalry actually is, which you'll never know talking to people up there. Gundy's only won that game like three times and has a sizable chunk of the victories in that series for Oklahoma State historically. So this is the worst team he's ever had, and he looks like he is about one more bad thing happening away from blowing a gasket. Yeah. I mean, they, are, they haven't been that good off and on the last couple of years. They've had some good years mixed in, but they've struggled at times. Uh, they're pitiful this season i mean they they that loss to south alabama was not an aberration that is what they are capable of they are a bad i was very high in oklahoma state i thought bowman was going to come then and really lock up the offense and really lead them on a charge i have a lot of i love that kid he's a great kid he got ran out of tech because of injuries just couldn't stay healthy um, and lost his job but he they've been so so bad so that that's that's why i think thinking kansas state gets away with it um, all right, we're going to head to That's commercial break. When we get back from break, we're going to be talking about the big games of the week. That's one game from every Power 5 conference that we think we just have to bet on. The current contest is now swung dramatically in Chris's favor after a 1-4 <laughs> setting for me. Chris had a 5-0. and o. He moves to 18-7. and seven. I'm sitting at 13-12. and 12. We'll see what happens with some movement. Maybe I can get back into this contest a bit this week. We'll be right back after break. All right, we are back from break. If you weren't listening right before the commercial break, for some reason, this is time for our Power 5 Big Game Contest. As I mentioned, Chris had a fantastic week last week. It was perfect. I, of course, was very much not. We had a lot of movement last week. I was 1-4. Chris was 5-0. So this week is a chance for me to maybe get back into this contest a bit, or maybe Chris just pulls away and runs away with this one here in week 6. Now, I won't pretend that these are the best games in the world, but they are probably arguably the biggest games in each individual contest that don't overlap the fact that we've used a few teams a lot more than others. So we try to avoid that. This first one is SEC country, Kentucky versus Georgia. Georgia, of course, is the presumptive favorite to win the national title until basically proven otherwise. They have slipped a little bit in terms of how many first place votes they're getting and where they fall in the polls. Um, that could eventually knock them out of that top spot it has not yet but people are gaining on them they're a 14 a half favorite over surprisingly unbeaten kentucky kentucky for its part is coming off two murders of vanderbilt in florida georgia of course narrowly escaped upset last week over auburn in the week before that comfortably beat uab chris sec matchup Kentucky looks like the only team that is actually capable of challenging in the East. Maybe Tennessee is in that conversation as well, but I have, you know, obvious questions about the volunteers. Is, is this the year Kentucky somebody dethrones Georgia and could it be Kentucky of all people?
1: I don't necessarily know if Kentucky is going to beat Georgia this weekend. And I, I definitely think that Georgia still is the best team in the SCs, but I, I just don't feel comfortable enough with Georgia to cover 14 points. Like, like I said, like I I I think Georgia showed us a lot last week about who they actually are, and their week schedule made us kind of believe that they're as good of a team as they were last year. I don't think so this year. Um their quarterback play is inconsistent. It's not what it used to be. Um, Brock Bowers is great, but like he can't do everything on the offense. So I think that Kentucky's good enough to cover 14 and a half.
0: I actually agree here. I've got Kentucky 14 and a half. And what part of this is just kind of wishing it is better for college football. If Georgia has been caught the last couple of years, Georgia has been so much better than pretty much everyone else last year in particular. They were, Look, TCU got a lot of crap for getting blown out in the national title game, but other than Ohio state, pretty much nobody touched Georgia. And TCU, I think, really came into that Michigan game thinking it's all or nothing right here. And then when they got it, they they certainly took their foot off the pedal and just coasted. But it it so that Georgia team was incredible. They've been phenomenal the last several years. It is better for college football if there are no longer any true titans of the sport. It just is. NIL has been slowly but surely evening the playing fields. Look at Clemson's decline for the perfect example of what happens if you can't get get it together. Look at Duke's rise as an example of what can happen if you embrace the NIL collective and selling your school. Um I don't really know if Kentucky can beat Georgia. 14 and a half, those a lot for a Kentucky team that they ain't winning these games by flukes, folks. And that's that's the biggest difference I think in years past in this contest. is like maybe Kentucky comes in with a decent record, but like, ah, surely they're not beating anybody any good. The closest game they've had was 11 Eastern Kentucky in week two, crushed ball state, crushed Akron, crushed Vanderbilt, crushed Florida. Georgia has not looked as comfortable as Ken- Kentucky has and who they are offensively, who they are defensively. Nobody's gotten over 30 points on them. Look, Brock Bowers is the best tight end. We've maybe seen the last few years, um, easily one of them. And, and, He has, he will certainly have his name called very high in the draft when he's eligible. But Georgia lacks much else. Like, I, this is the first time in a long time. I don't know anybody else on that offense. I don't know who the best playmakers are. I don't know who the feature back is. I don't know what the strengths of this team are because they're just, they're very talented. Nobody disagrees, but I agree that I think Georgia's schedule disguised the fact, I mean, the only. I mean, the only contests they played were South Carolina, Auburn, neither of which are looking very good. Mm-hmm. Both were tight games. I, I like, like Kentucky big. I think we're both going to end up ahead here with a 14 and a half spread. I think Kentucky can win this game. I think this is a very tight contest. And I think Kentucky, sh- I have Kentucky winning this outright. I'm not going to put a money line wow. because you're getting 14 and a half. I think this is where we find out that Georgia is truly not who they were, but, regardless of what the actual outcome of the game is it's 14 and a half points between two unbeaten teams and one has looked really good and it ain't Georgia uh we'll see you know the sec it could still be georgia's it, it it like i said it is georgia's east and georgia's national title to win until somebody proves it it'd be hilarious guys if you don't know the history of kentucky football Look, read the article that ESPN just put out on the air Raid that's discussing what Hal Munn did there. Look at how many times they use the word had not happened in 75 years in that <laughs> article. That program is dog water, dog water outside of like very, very slim spurts under Hal Munn. And a, Mark Stoops has done a fantastic job building it. But like, if they're the ones who unseat Georgia, that's a historic, historic turnaround. So I, I'm rooting for all right, let's move. It's wild it.
1: to me, too. Just real quick. It's wild to me, too, because I've been there for a game and their stadium is massive and it's right there on campus. And also, like their their fans show up and I'm like, I did not even know Kentucky, like jokingly. I did not even know Kentucky had a football team. And like, apparently it's a, a big part of their culture. I It's it's wild to me because, yeah, the history is exactly what you said it was.
0: So, yeah, it it. For any number of reasons. I think this is maybe a little also a little bit of wishing that somebody's gonna catch Georgia, but yeah. it should be a good one, guys. And that that I talked about the AM Texas A Alabama Texas A&M game. I think that's probably number two game in the SEC. I don't think there was another one that even came close to this one's caliber. So if you're wondering how we pick this one, considering the size of that spread. I think the spread is wrong is how we picked it. I think mm-hmm. that spread is wrong. Now let's go to the big 10. The big 10 has not had a good game uh, in a while. I, I'm no. just being honest here. They just really haven't since Ohio state played Notre Dame. We got Maryland, Wisconsin. And I, I, this is a,
1: this sorry, is a, it's, it's Rutgers, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Excuse yeah, yeah. me.
0: Um, this is a snore. I, I, if, 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 if you're wondering like how do, how did we even how does this end up on our radar because Rutgers is four and one and Wisconsin's three and one and the big Ten has terrible games this week so we picked the best we could find I'm not gonna spend too much time going on analysis here I've got Wisconsin um I I don't even really need to give a reason other than the fact that it's Rutgers I just Wisconsin's better than Rutgers and if if they're gonna prove that they gotta actually do it um you know Wisconsin ain't exactly look like world beaters but for that part, other than a loss to Washington State, who we now know is very, very, very good, they've been fine. They're 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 twenty points better than Rutgers, and the spread's thirteen. I would have given it to it up to twenty.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. It, this is just sad, dude. This is this that this is the best game that we could find in the Big Ten to talk about, and I, I think. It, I mean, it, uh, also a big reason is because like the the other games that, that are even worth talking about, we've just talked about those teams over and over each week because they're the only teams who have put together good matchups. So, I mean, Rucker sucks, and with someone has, I said I'll say it. Be in this podcast, I'll say it again. Someone has to win the Big Ten West. And it's gonna be either Wisconsin or it's gonna be Iowa. So Wisconsin's gonna beat up just like Iowa is on these lower level Big Ten West teams. And 13 seems like a lot, but I think just they're just that much better than Rutgers. Their their four one record is just it's a facade.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's a joke how bad the big look the Big Twelve's got a lot of bad teams. I'm not I'm not talking conference mech, but the Big Ten. Not only do they have a lot of bad teams, I'm not certain that, other than Ohio State, Michigan, there is anyone with a pulse in the conference. Yeah, like the bad that's coming out of that conference and how piss poor most of the teams is, is is pretty frustrating. What makes that more frustrating is like the Big Twelve may not be good this year. They got a lot of newcomers who are breaking it in, a lot of bad teams, but we're also not getting a hundred million dollars and blowing up college football. To like make that product happen, the Big Ten is adding programs who are looking. But UCLA, in particular, has kind of turned it around. USC, of course, being the blue blood that they are, but. Is anybody seeing like Northwestern getting better on the horizon? It's never going to happen. Rutgers is never going to get better. Maryland's never going to get better. Wisconsin will never change. There is a, that is the most boring, awful conference to watch. And I hate that we even have to pick them, but we're sticking true to the concept we came up with. We couldn't do four and not do the Big Ten, but I kind of wish we had.
1: And the Big Ten West will get better when Oregon, when USC, when UCLA, when Washington State – when those te- or when Washington – when those teams join the Big Ten West, it'll be more interesting. But it feels like the same, like, group of characters every year, and then the Big Ten championship game is just a blowout by either Michigan or, or Ohio State. It's-
0: Start. It's just so one sided It's not fun. I mean, the big 12s had the problem with OU and there've been conferences that Alabama yeah. dominated the sec. And now georgia has been dominating it. But like the big 10s product is so predictable. And so it's just so been so unfun to watch over the years. I'm glad but, like, look, I don't like Penn state as a program. I'm just like, admittedly, I, I have a lot of bad blood with some of the stuff that's happened in that football department that we're not going to get into because it's heinous, but like how their fan base reacted to that all that jazz. But it's probably better for the Big Ten that they've shown up again because someone needed to shake up what has been the most stagnant and awful conference in college football for years. Mm-hmm. We got our next one. Fortune, we can stop talking about Big Ten football and talk about something more <laughs> fun. We got this contest here in the ACC. Now, I mentioned the Duke-Notre Dame game. I got burned by it last week. I, I'm, I'm still a little hurt feelings over it. But they're six and a half at Louisville uh, – or against Louisville, excuse me – And like I said, uh, talking about that Duke game, I got screwed. But Notre Dame has consistently not. I mean, they're just doing what good football teams, I think, do. They're not great. I don't think they're a top 10 team, but they're competitive always. They're going to win the games they're supposed to, even if it's ugly. They're not going to world beat anybody for its part. Louisville hasn't exactly wowed me not played the most difficult schedule won a lot of close games i'm putting this one on the fact that notre dame's played a much more difficult schedule only lost being to ohio state in a very very i mean that was literally as close of a game as could possibly be imagined so give me give me give me a notre dame plus, uh, minus six here what are you thinking chris
1: um I mean I'm thinking the same thing. I mean the only team that is really worth even talking about that Louisville has played is NC State, which they're not that good. They're just middle of the road ACC team. Um and they beat them by 3 points. So it's just like I don't this Louisville team is not very good. I you know I think this is just a, an overreaction to the Duke game. Um I think Notre Dame is is easily a touchdown better. So um 6 points, yeah. I mean, that's This was an easy one for me. Notre Dame, six points, easy.
0: Been kind of a boring couple of games. This next one may not be. Uh, We got ourselves a Pac-12 matchup. Pac-12 has been the most fun conference this year, I think, for a lot of reasons. The ACC has actually been surprisingly very competitive because Clemson's been dethroned and Duke's rise. But the most fun conference to watch week in and week out has been out of the pack. This is... We've talked about this a lot on this pod. It is very unfortunate that this is the final season of the conference's football because they are playing their best football right now. We got Washington State, UCLA. Washington State is a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. It's at the Rose Bowl, to be honest. Not that that really matters. Look, UCLA's going to have an okay crowd, but it's 2 p.m. Central, so I think it's noon local and They'll probably be 80% full. It's it's just UCLA is just a shitty, shitty fan base. It's just, they never cared about football.
1: And, and and the stadium is so far away from the campus. It's not even – they have to bus kids in there. It's ridiculous.
0: You got that going for you. Look, the Rose Bowl is a historic venue, but when you're not playing in the Rose Bowl game, it's actually kind of a letdown of 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 a stadium to be honest with everybody like it's not it's not the nicest venue on earth it has a lot of history to it it has a lot of vibe when the parade and when you're actually playing in the rose bowl it's a it's an unmatched historic venue but when you're not doing those things it's like when high school teams play in um like a college venue yeah right for like, like the state championship
1: play, or something like that
0: when you go and play it like when the texas schools play a lot in NRG or jerry world when you're playing like the title games and those stadiums i think there's still a lot of shock and awe for the kids because you're going to an nfl but now like they're so used to doing this when they go to play at like texas or uh there are plenty rice for instance is another one where like the stadiums are bigger, but like, there's no, there's no whatever to some of them yeah. just because you're so used now like shit. They play like the quarterfinals in pro stadiums now. So like, it, it's just devalued them when you play in the Rose Bowl outside of that game. It's just not a great home field environment. Um, I got Washington state plus three and a half in this one. I'm stunned. They're the underdog. I, I, I don't know what we're watching as a nation with Washington state. They're unbeaten Oregon state's easily right now. Two or three in the Pac-12, maybe four if you really squint, but they're they're a top four team. Look, Oregon's really really good. USC's really good, really good. Washington's really really good. They're sucking up the oxygen. But Washington State was better than Oregon State. who I think is three or four or five somewhere in that range. That's where they'll shake out, depending on what actually happens with Oregon, depending on USC's defense existing. They're coming off a bot. I don't know why UCLA is the favorite and a three and a half implies that on a neutral site they'd be like a six point favorite in this game there is no shot in hell you can anyone can convince me that a team that we is also coming off a bye but lost to Cam risingless Utah could not score in that game at all is is arguably on paper better than Washington State. This is an example of nobody's watching the games they're they're just not watching the games because and here's the thing nobody will be watching this game either. It's on mm-hmm. the Pac-12 Network. Twelve. Yeah, it's hitting hit on Pac-12 network. network. Yeah. But I got Washington State three and a half. I have no earthly idea how they're the underdog. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm the same. I it, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I I you know UCLA might be the most overhyped um, team in the Pac-12 this year, and I'm not saying that they're bad because they I think they're just I think they're they're good, at, but I think just the Pac-12 is is just that dominant Um, I think that they'll be a middle of the range team and I think that they were a little bit overranked and overhyped because of how they did at the end of last season you know being I think they had eight wins they went to an impressive bowl game all that stuff Chip Kelly's the coach so you know a lot they're in LA so it's a lot of reasons to think to um, hype them up a little bit but they they didn't do as well in the transfer portal as I thought they would do Um, some of their guys have been a little bit disappointing that they brought over and Washington State, I mean, I, I, we've been talking about, me and you have been talking about Washington State on this podcast, what it feels like every week, and every week they're undervalued. Listen, listeners, just from now on, just every week, just mark it down. It doesn't matter what the spread is, bet on Washington State because I'm pretty sure we haven't been wrong yet on them, and they have, I mean, they're undefeated, and they keep, for some reason, keep being undervalued in Vegas. So this is easy. I, I, I mean, at UCLA they probably gave him the hometown favorite i mean the line's three so they probably just gave them the the hometown three points and people in vegas probably didn't really do their research and aren't really like watching ucla this year so they just assumed it but yeah washington state's gonna blow three points out of the
0: water i i this is your backyard so you you yeah. be far more familiar with this being a pac-12 guy being a Cal fan you're you're pretty familiar with the the, the U, UCLA USC's of the world have you ever met a UCLA football fan i no. i haven't no. i'm not from that area though and i i don't know everything about UCLA's history but like where where the fuck does anyone get off going that like this program turned it around with no evidence that they're suddenly better than a team that i think legitimately could win the Pac-12 so chris you're you're, you're the Pac-12 guy for this where do you actually think UCLA ends up here?
1: I I mean I think that they'll be I think that they can get seven wins and they'll make a a bowl game, but like there's not Uh, i i've lived in la for nine years i i ucla basketball yes everywhere i see them everywhere but when it comes to football it's almost like people like hide their ucla gear during the football season and like only the alumni go to these games and the students obviously like i went to the ucla um usc game uh four years four or five years ago um which is always a big game it always sells out it's always a fun atmosphere um i went to the one at um the coliseum it was electric it was amazing uc usc was dramatically better than ucla they blew them out and i was just talking to fans and talking to people about like oh yeah next year's at the rose bowl like i really want to check it out and everybody said like dude it's not worth it the, the the usc fans don't really like uh don't usc fans don't really like to go all the way out to pasadena the ucla fans it's just a bunch of drunk students like it's just not the same uh, atmosphere i you know i I think it's great what Chip Kelly's done with this program, kind of turned around and made it at least relevant in football. But, like, I just don't think that they're – like, they were preseason ranked, like, 24, I think. They're they're not that good. I think they'll be in the middle of the pack. Um, and Washington State is just so much better. And they've proven week after week that they're, like, a force to be reckoned with in the Pac-12. I don't get it.
0: I I, I, I bet with some friends, like I said, in a little, little side, we talk about it with a group chat. I I am gonna I'm gonna pull the chat and see if anybody wants to take the other side of that bet. <laughs> I but they're just it, it. There are times where I'm just like, what are we doing here? And this is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Uh, th- this is one of those times where like, I just don't understand it. And here's the thing: what pisses me off the most is this comes up regularly with Vegas. We're like, all think that, and then that's the time that they got it right. Like they knew more than I did. But it I I called it when you Washington State beat Oregon State. I'm calling it now. Washington State's playing with a purpose and not only that, they are just extremely good at football. And I think that they have as good of a shot as anybody to win that conference in what is the most intense conference title race. UCLA is certainly gonna fall by the wayside out of it. Yeah. Now we got we got the Big Twelve last. And the reason I put this game last in our list It's a game of the week it's one it is easily the biggest game in the conference to date it is the game of the week it's a major rivalry but the other reason is i said it earlier i wouldn't bet on this game i Mm. i i just objectively would not bet on it listeners we're going to give you our reasons for why we're taking the against the spread how we are but i would not touch this game with a 10 mile pole because the outcome is not random because you know that implies that the teams don't control the outcome. But from a fan perspective, it is impossible to predict what's going to happen in this game. Vegas has got the line at, as of what we had at Texas, at five and a half. That's a sizable line for this game. If this wasn't the game it is, it probably would be more in Texas's favor. OU has played just a, OU's schedule is a joke. I mean, it's not even, it, it's just embarrassingly awful. Texas has played a much tougher schedule in Texas. Texas schedule is largely built around the back of playing Bama. Uh and that gives you an idea like, oh, you has not played a single decent contest. Texas has one good contest on record. Oh, you will not play another good team after this. Texas will. Uh I'm This is my neck of the woods. I wouldn't touch this game. I took Texas in this one, but I don't feel good about it. I took Texas in this one specifically because I think OU is the most overrated team we've ever seen in college football because they have not played a soul. And they won't play. A, this isn't the kind of game they were going to win this it, because that's my luck. I'm going to lose money. <laughs> They're going to win this game. And then not play anybody the rest of the year sneak ass backward in the college football playoff and lose by a hundred points in round one, just because if they can, even if they lose the big 12 title game with that kind of record, they'll likely get into the, the end of the show. Yeah. But I, I, I hate to say it, but Texas is looking, I don't think they're a top five team in the nation. I don't think that's a national title winning team, but they have the depth on defense and the talent on defense to outlast the conference. I'm not I don't think they're gonna be perfect. OU as a this game is so fucking random. OU has a chance to knock them off. But though I got the horns five and a half. They are just a better team. They are playing better football. They are far more tested than Oklahoma is.
1: I took I took Texas as well. Um and I think that Vegas thinks that Texas is the number one team in the country. And I think that's a result of the big Alabama machine, them taking them down. Last week's win is a little bit deceiving because Daniels didn't play, you know? So it's hard to really, like, evaluate that win with when, you know, a, your star quarterback who kind of, like, Charged that Kansas team through the, uh, the second half of the season or was the first half of the season. It might've been the first half of the season because he got hurt um, mm-hmm. to, to, to get them to a bowl game. And, and that was an impressive team. And, and I think at, with Daniels, that's a more competitive game. I'm, I still think that Texas wins, but I'm going with Texas and it's because someone whose opinion, who I very much value um, in this space, Ryan Rossillo is very high on Texas. Um, and, that's kind of, I just have to believe that Texas is for real enough to be a top five team. Uh, you know, I don't know for sure yet. I think we'll all f- know for sure this weekend, but for a number uh, a three ranked team to go against the number 14 ranked team and for this spread to be this high, is kind of crazy. I don't think we've seen that in a while. Um, and especially for this rivalry game and I think the only reason why is because I think that Vegas thinks that Texas is the number one team in the country.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to say what would have happened if Daniels plays against Texas. Yeah. But I think that KU would have been far more competitive. And the biggest thing is, that we I talked about it earlier, Texas is not at home, on the road, hasn't seemed to matter, has not looked great in first halves, especially mm. at home. Um, and – I'm not saying that Texas isn't who we all think they could be. I I, I still don't believe I've seen enough to say, like, this is a national title contending team. It will be just because I think the conference is so much weaker than I had thought. Um, But like you said, I think Daniels could have pushed them a lot harder. I think we would have learned a lot more, felt a lot better about this game and we're taking texas here but again for, for for why I don't bet this game ever it's number one I don't really like either team I don't like to root <laughs> for either team I like I don't I don't watch this game like I'm not one of those people who watches certain rivalry games just for the fun of it I don't watch this game um but the truth of the matter is is the biggest the biggest texas thing to do would be to have the season they've been dreaming of for years and get smoked by oklahoma you know, like that would be a Texas thing to do because OU has, this has been a very even rivalry, but OU has a way of always, 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 always pushing Texas to the brink. There've been very few blowouts in the series last year. was an aberration. Dylan Gabriel, I think is maybe, if you're talking about head to head quarterback battle, I think Dylan Gabriel's not arguably, he just is a bit worse in most measures than Quinn Ewers. But look, this is why Venables was brought in was to beat Texas. Make mm-hmm. no mistake, those programs build their rosters to beat each other. That'll continue in the SEC. Um, I wouldn't touch this game with 10 football. I, I yeah, five and a I half agree. A I agree. I agree with
1: you on that one for sure.
0: The five and a half is also a stupid spread, by the way, for this. Like there, there's no value to be found. If you think OU's gonna win it outright, bet the money line. If you think Texas is gonna win it outright. Uh, I, I just wouldn't bet on this game because I maybe you
1: could tease out. it with some other, some other more confident bets. Yeah. But yeah, I just wouldn't even do it in a tease. Yeah.
0: But this is definitely the game of the week. It's the biggest game of the conference by wide margin. That's what we're talking about. And hopefully we gave you guys at least something to think about with it. But yeah, it that uh, look like the Washington State thing of it all is like the most ridiculous thing that's been happening week to week. Yeah, betting on this game is just the silliest thing you can do as like a serious gambler because there's not it's a lose 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 proposition here. No matter how you look at it, it is tough to predict how this one's going to go. Which means, of course, like this will be the most predictable outcome ever because like of course no one would have ever thought it would go the way we all expect. <laughs> uh, Chris, any final thoughts before we close out the show on this week and its slate of games?
1: Yeah, I mean you said it. Listeners, hammer that Washington State bet. I mean, like that's just like that's where you're gonna make your money this weekend. Like, just, just, just take that all day. And, and, I mean, we are on a hot streak. I just, like, if you guys are betting with us, you're in, you're in, f- far more than sixty percent now. So just like, hopefully, we can keep it going, dude. Because this is a lot better than I thought we'd be doing through week, <laughs> week, uh, what fuck, five. This is sorry, uh week five. So, amen to that, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I took a huge bath last week, um, which was the first I. It was crazy. I hadn't lost all week, and then I went basically winless last week. I think I only had one, maybe two pits on my betting picks overall. You got screwed
1: in the Kansas one though, because Daniels was a was a scratch an hour before the game. He like did warm ups and everything, and then they scratch him an hour before the game.
0: I probably still would have taken Kansas and that one, just because I yeah. still think 16 and a half or any conference games, ridiculous, but it would have been great to know that. But the one, but it was just a horrible week. And despite that, I'm still staying over 500 against the spread in our big picks. Yeah. I think off the radar, still largely doing. Okay. Um, the prop bets are a joke guys. I, I, we pick the prop bets because they're fun. I wouldn't take any of these. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. wouldn't do it. I give you the best of what I think I can find, but I have hit like two all year. Um, But I would say that, yeah, the the biggest thing I can say this week is at some point the nation's got to catch up to the fact that the college football preseason polls are irrelevant and Mm. start watching the games. It it does get a bit frustrating that teams like, and I want to say this specifically to Pat McAfee and game day, that that was a joke. And uh, uh, what used to be a very proud tradition is now so much a shadow of itself. One, because. Unfortunately, Lee Corso is basically a walking corpse up there. It's really hard to watch him. Uh, I can't believe they keep trotting him out. But Pat McAfee's turned it into this just weird, petty bullshit that doesn't celebrate the venues they're at or the fans. It's all about me, 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 self-promotion, self-promotion. And the fact that he took a shot at Washington State's legitimate grief with how they've covered it which is, oh, as kind of like a cute sideshow and not the fact that they, I think, are probably the most likely team to challenge Washington and Mm -hmm. Oregon is is upsetting in the extreme. So I would very much like the nation to stop supporting guys like Pat McAfee in general. I think he's a dick, and I think that, like, he represents a shitty part of the sport. He represents the guys who make the decisions to give $100 million to say Oregon's going to play Michigan. Like that's what he represents Uh, because he's an NFL guy with no real rooting interest in the sport has never really talked about college's entire career until now. And like, this is what happens when you wrote, you do this crap is that crowd is just ignoring some of the better teams in the nation to focus on the big brands. And they're missing a lot of fun. I think they're missing the best football being played, which is not by Alabama, which is not by Georgia, which is not by the top of the PAC 12. It's being played by Washington state being played by Oregon state. And And Lee Corso,
1: has been to washington state he's been there for the apple cup he's seen how intense those fans are how how washington washington state fans get there friday night or thursday night and they stay there for three days and they're in their rvs and they're camping out and they're tailgating and it's an an insane so for him to say those comments it's just like a massive slap in the face and like as a pac-12 fan like i was not there for that either so i'm glad you said something
0: say it is also i read a post and the reason why i'm harping on this is because like I, I don't like the PAC hole generally don't like its leadership. I like Washington yeah. state, state more or less um, of the, of the group. And I like the more now that everything's happened and broken against them. But like there, I was reading a Reddit post, which was talking about some of the people who bring the flag out to game day it's it's mm-hmm. been on every game day for what is like 294 consecutive weeks and people the guy was talking about like what it meant to be one of the guys who brought the flag out to whatever venue and how everybody like embraces it and enjoys the tradition and all the stuff and to, to, to take a shot at the program over it was just so unacceptable to me look i'm not important enough for this to actually matter but i would fire <laughs> pat mcafee and bring back any number of espn staffers you got axed in a heartbeat and they've killed game day i don't watch it anymore it's a joke uh i i think in general my last point here is like the college football halftime and like pre-gaming all of that has gotten so unwatchably bad um like they don't talk about the games they're watching they talk about like two big games of the week and that's mm-hmm. it for Every wall to wall coverage through every game's halftime. It's just they've killed up they, they kill more and more of the joy of the sport. We as fans don't have to tolerate it. Look, it's unfortunate this game's in the Pac Twelve Network. I never want to encourage illegal activity, but if you know a buddy who's got a login or an illegal stream to watch, highly yeah. recommend, guys. I I think that's where you should put your attention.
1: Couldn't agree more, man. Yeah.
0: All righty, guys, that'll bring us to the end of our show. Chris and I, I mean, like I said, last week was the worst week I've ever had, and Chris and I are still both over 500 and rocking and rolling right now, so we're doing a lot better than I expected. We'll be back next week as well with more picks and update you on how our contest went. Like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on whatever major podcasting platform you listen to. You can find us on the Fans First College Football Network uh, feed. You're going to see a whole host of shows. Ours is one of them. Uh, So... Scroll through there and find some of the other college football podcasts that got put out. There's ones about conferences, some different teams uh, aspects, different parts of the game. There's a lot of cool stuff in there to listen to as you enjoy the college football season. Like I said, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy what is a fun slate of games. And let's keep rocking and rolling and riding what is a pretty good streak for us. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Have a good one. Adios.